0: Welcome to Verity Ed, where parents are primary. Today, I am completing our series on revealing the curriculum we will be using this year. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we are talking about 11th grade. How did I get here? I have a 16 year old and she only has four semesters left at home. And oh, my goodness, I'm going to get a little emotional here. But this isn't about me, so let's get on to her. So yes, she is in her last two years of homeschooling for high school. And we've been putting a lot of thought into this year so I can't wait to share it with you but first please hit subscribe and the notification bell right below if you are listening on Spotify please follow this podcast because I promise that as the year goes on I will actually be dropping reviews of the materials and curriculum picks that I'm actually using and you'll see footage of me tearing my hair out or laughing in triumph at my foes or something like that so again hit subscribe let's get right into it. What are we doing for 11th grade? So Miriam has been homeschooled all the way through, and at this point, looking back, I would not have traded it for all the world. Um, Every moment, every triumph, every heartbreak, every low, every high, it was all worth it 100%. And if you would like to talk to me about homeschooling your own high schoolers, I have over 10 years of experience coaching families through high school, everything from state requirements to college prep, et cetera. And I would love to share that with you. I do have a two-part webinar for sale over on my website, worldwideweb.verityed.com. So be sure to check that out. If you are a Patreon subscriber, Thank you so much, and all webinars are always free for you. So it's already there waiting for you to pick up. But let's get right into Miriam. So my focus this year for 11th grade, and really for the next two years, I see them as a set leading up to whatever comes next, and we'll talk about that, um, is to just keep nailing the good work that we have begun, but at a deeper level. So focusing on the skills of the trivium and quadrivium, so the grammar, logic, and rhetoric, we're just hitting that at an all new kind of high in terms of seeing and observing the world with all of these vocabulary and experiences that she's had of analyzing and breaking it down and, Deciding how the best to argue for the truth and to defend the truth. Um, and also, rhetoric, the art of persuasion and beauty and elegance in conveying to the world what is on her heart, whatever that most beautiful thought is she'll be able to communicate it well so really focusing on those skills we've also finished a lot of the high school requirements quote-unquote at this point the formal requirements that say a college would be looking for or that state requirements would be um, asking of us so those are a lot of those are done And so we're really gonna try and branch out as well and answer and respond to her own um, burgeoning interests as a young woman. So it's gonna be great. So let's start subject by subject, math and science. And if you'd like to know more about how you can homeschool math and science in the high school years, you can check out my video here on math and my video on high school science here. But this year for this child, we have an opportunity through my husband's work for her to take college credits and do a dual enrollment situation in the fall semester for chemistry and calculus. And so we, you know, in discussion with her, discussion with each other, Um, We have decided to take that route and outsource those two classes, including a lab, um, to the university where my husband teaches. And some of the questions that we were asking there isn't so much, you know, she needs chemistry. Oh my gosh, chemistry. How are we going to give her that? Because there are so many resources now for parents of all backgrounds to homeschool high school chemistry or physics, there's all kinds of ways you can do that. For us, it was more a question of, with this content, is she at a point of maturity and desire to start to prepare for college and um, for being accountable to that level of study? And for this particular child, the answer was yes. So we're going to give it a try again for the fall semester, see how it goes with her math and her science and lab being outsourced. Latin, next comes foreign language. What are we gonna do for foreign language? We have reached the end of Henley's second year. She's really moving into a phase where it's time to get to the next level of, I know all the rules of a language, and now I need to learn to enjoy reading the language, which she does, but it's always been in the context of parsing or practicing particular grammar skills. So we are going to, um, we have an opportunity through the parish. There is um, a Latin scholar who is willing to just sit down and read some original Latin with her um, once a week or once every other week. So we're going to try that out and see how it goes with a, a basic translation and reading class again for the fall semester. So we'll see uh, how she responds to that. She's thought about branching out into a modern language at this point. But I, honestly, after, after three years of high school Latin, um, really wanting to not to lose that, right? Because so many hours and so much time went into it. Uh, so trying to find a way to move to the next level, past the grammar learning, and into fluent reading of Latin. I'm excited. I always wanted to do that. I can live vicariously. And the happy thing about the Latin tutor is we can barter babysitting for the tuition. So big lesson in the homeschool community, if you need help with something, there's usually something else that you can barter for that service or that expertise. So check it out, don't despair, bartering is there. That was a rhyme. So having talked about math, science, and Latin, we come to history and literature. And those of you who know me know that I geek out about these things. So of course, I'm writing my own course for her in medieval history, geography, and literature. And we are using a spine textbook, mostly for my own sanity, so that I have something to refer to instead of just a pile of primary texts, because... That was a different phase of my life when I could just do that. So we are using the History of the Church by the Didache series, and it went really well last year when we used Understanding the Scripture from Didache, so I looked through History of the Church, and we're just going to pull out those chapters that apply to about the years 400 through 1660 yeah 1660 Descartes we're going to get up to Descartes I think um, and then we're going to intersperse that with sort of the classic high school medieval literature and 20th century literature um, pieces we're going to read Beowulf we're going to read Ballad of the White Horse Murder in the Cathedral um, Kristen Lovren's Daughter Stages on the Road all of those Sigrid Unsets, and Hilaire Bellocs characters of the Reformation. Whenever I say Hilaire Belloc, I want to say Hilarious Belloc, but it's just Hilaire Belloc. And um, for those of you who don't know much about the English Reformation or the, um, the Catholic perspective on that time, for adults too, that is a wonderful book to pick up and just get character sketches from Hilaire Belloc, um, on particularly the English Reformation. But he does go up into um, the effects it had on the continent with Descartes and Pascal. Uh, later on down the road. We are also using In the Light of Christ by Lucy Beckett, and you can see my review of that amazing book here. It's a, it's a collection of essays that she wrote following great thinkers in the Western tradition and tying them all together in terms of the revelation of the Christian faith. And so Miriam's going to be reading excerpts from that on the Benedictine thinkers, on uh, Thomas Aquinas, Dante, uh, and Descartes and Pascal. So that's another kind of spine for the second half of the year. We are also going to use one literature guide program for Memoria Press. We're going to be using medieval poetry, prose and drama. And for my review of Memoria Press high school literature guides, you can see here or check out the link below in the description. Um, but we're going to use that. Again, I need kind of a brain dump toward the end of the uh, first semester. So we're gonna insert five weeks of that program in there so yeah ask me how it's going halfway through the year I'll check in with you let you know how it's actually um, playing out for her to do mom's syllabus for medieval history geography and literature and now we have arrived at the queen of the sciences theology and I just can't tell you how much I love doing theology when they reach the rhetorical age. I love it at all at all the stages because, you know, in kindergarten, they're, um, they're really cute. You know, God made me, God made me to know him, love him and serve him and all that. Um, and then the grammar stage, they ask you really hard questions like, why did God make mosquitoes if he's so good, right? And then the dialectical stage, we just argue about a lot of stuff and start to dive into why the church teaches what it teaches. And now in the later high school years, we can really have those adult conversations about um, the really hard questions, but also how to present the faith um, lovingly with charity, but without compromising the truth out of fear or niceness, right, Um, and talking to each other at that more adult level, now that she has the arsenal, as it were, of Catholic doctrine and morality. So we're doing an apologetics year and I've decided to put together two different um, uh, items, two programs. We have Aquinas 101 put forth by the Thomistic Institute and that is a complete course in itself. Like that's all we would really have to do if I just wanted her to watch videos because each video with Aquinas 101 comes with suggested primary text reading or articles to read, um, as well as discussion questions or study guides. So you really could just use aquinas 101 for your apologetics here but i really wanted to have someone who addressed the question of communicating the faith not just you know what are the arguments for the faith but someone who addressed how to communicate it in a postmodern culture right because that's the culture she's going to have to grapple with Um, so i want to help equip her for that so we're also going to be using um, peter kreeft and Ronald To Kelly's Handbook of Catholic Apologetics. And I came across this text through Colby. They use it um, for their high school apologetics class. And I really love it. Um, The chapters are pretty brief, but they follow the Summa very carefully while also acknowledging the different um, particular questions that pertain to our day in our secular age. Um, And then they also have discussion questions listed at the end of each chapter. So again, as a busy mom, I can take the book, I can read the discussion questions, and we can just have a conversation for however long the toddler allows us to have a conversation, which hopefully will be long and deep but you never know. For more on how we do theology in the high school, you can see that video, which I've mentioned before. Um, And now I'd like to talk a little bit about the career and tech education aspect of how we approach high school. I have a whole video on it. If you would like to go more in depth, it is here, and I will link that also for podcast listeners below if you're on Spotify. Um, So this particular child is really into computer coding and really interested in things like video editing for Verity Ed. So we'll continue to allow her to develop those skills on her own time. Uh, We're also giving her an opportunity for a part-time job this semester so we can start to work on those time management skills of a heavy academic load while also working to support your education and save for whatever comes after high school. And um, so allowing her to do that and kind of branch out a little bit from the home base Uh, as she grows towards independence, which is coming so soon. Uh, She'll also be preparing um, to drive. She has her learner's permit, and so she'll be in driver's ed, which I also consider just a life skill, career skill kind of project. So that's what we're doing with her this year. Um, and also starting to design maybe a college visit trip up and down the East Coast a little bit so that she can start to um, experience classes at schools she's interested in applying to uh, senior year next year. And everyone wants to know SAT or ACT. Well, I have a video about that, too. There it is, and it's linked below. But this child will be studying for the CLT, the Classic Learning test, which is an alternative, a growingly popular alternative to the SAT and ACT. And you can see my interview with the vice president of the CLT right here, again linked below. So she will be doing that test for the first time in November this fall and will continue to study for it and take it until she gets a score that she's satisfied with. So then we come to the fun stuff. What are we gonna do to lighten up things a little bit? Well, we're gonna continue with violin and viola lessons. Um, She'll continue to work with a group of strings players on some chamber music. Uh, We have a little intensive coming up with um, her her violin teacher at the end of this month. So that's really fun and exciting. And also uh, one Friday a month, we will be up at our homeschool co-op The Adorate Co-op, and doing some writing seminars with them and other activities, Uh, hopefully will be involved in the fall drama production and the spring musical production, uh, which are kind of intensive theater experiences for the high schoolers. And if you'd like to know more about this particular co-op, which is sort of a miracle, it's been around for over 15 years now. And that longevity is something that many people seek and never find in a co-op, just because of the nature of homeschoolers, right? We've all got a little bit of reb in us, and it's hard hard to stick together through the years, and people come and people go and all that. But if you'd like to dig a little more deeply into a long-lived co-op, I have an interview with um, the the lead of the co-op who actually just stepped back, her youngest graduated high school, and so it's in a little transition this year. Um, But she stepped back, but I got to talk to her last winter, and it was amazing. So please check out that interview with Didi Mihalik, um, who's been a part of this long-lived and deeply Catholic and deeply rooted um, co-op here in my state of Connecticut. So there you have it. That is our plan. Whew, the best laid plan for 11th grade. And it's going to be a big year. Uh, we are outsourcing a little bit more. So I'm stepping back in a way from her education in terms of planning and instruction. But I think it's really important for me as a mom of an older uh, teenager now Um, To realize that although we're delegating out certain aspects of her education, that we're not in any way abdicating our parental responsibility to her. Because in a way, this is a very crucial moment. It's not so much like we're phasing out of parenting her, but it's just a new... um, a new phase of parenting her right so we're looking at a time in life when a lot of young people are under a lot of pressures look they're growing up in a hostile culture let's be real it's not very supportive of the values that we've raised her to uphold. They're growing up with um, more pressures on padding their college applications and like you have to do all these activities and lead all these clubs so that you look really good and you get those scholarships and high test scores and all that. So I really see our role here as parents Um, to draw her into how we as adults handle living in this very secular, hostile world and creating spaces in our lives for contemplation, for being quiet, for reading, for being away from screens, for spending time with the people we love most. Um, And I'm talking to myself here as much as to my child, right, that we have to be very intentional about building these um, small Communities, these small family connections um, that will sustain us in a crazy global materialistic um, culture that she's going to be facing when she leaves the house someday. So, very much a changing year where we are phasing, um, yes, we are phasing into a new time of our life with her. And educationally, it's exciting because, wow, how do we have a kid who can do all these things? That's so cool. Um, But also to remember that she is still a child um, and we are still her parents. So pray for us this year because this is always a new adventure. I think the first child and those of you watching who... um, have already gone through this with your first child, you're probably laughing at me, and you can just leave comments with like, okay, you completely missed this aspect of it. You should really anticipate this, not this. I would I would love that. So please comment, like this video, and subscribe uh, so that you can check in through the year as I learn as I go. And thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. This is Verity Ed, where you are primary.